After all, what use is a lovely prize like that? The waiving and full refund of all your student fees. If the price of winning is your own death. And as such, an accompanying professionally certified status vitae is a condition of submission of the holograph of you falling out the window of the faculty building. cascade of softly plummeting academics flickers in saturated neon, looking very much like the archaic sci-fi holograms of antediluvian filmic consensus. Fuzzing and crackling down the sheer 300-foot windowless side of the building, from the monthly sniff safari 
which occurs across the full expanse of the carpet's face. But the pierced eye of the rug husky is particularly menacing, with the frayed strands exposing the chalky pink underlay beneath, which glows ominously in the UV light when it's on. through a tinny wall-mounted Huxley service monitor with its red casing flaking off at the sides. The source is a 1962 Solex reel-to-reel which plays tape originally recorded from a living room radio speaker via a Voicemaster PM4 pencil mic. During the recording of Get Ready by the Temptations you can hear somebody sneezing. It's purportedly Lofty's godmother who eventually succumbed to squawking like a magpie, curled up in the dust of her own doing.
he missed a clever touch. The burned out but tolerated one-time star of Chi Mong comes across from the bar with a couple of snowballs in his hands and spots an old Stratocaster propped up on the stage. Ah, Gutarina, he chirps, vaulting onto the stage and sweeping the instrument into his arms. He's clearly never played before. It's all the wrong way round. The strings press up against his flannel shirt and get caught up in the buttons, while his flailing fingers stab, grate and pommel rhythmically at the back. Underneath his scuffed brogues, a special children's birthday paper, all impacted with the soppy brown crud of an anonymous adult, is slowly torn into soggy scraps. Gee, Mom! He croons into the unplugged microphone to nobody. Look at you, sitting there in all your special golden armour, all cufflinks and candlesticks. Is it comfy? I know it really looks the business, but do you need a wipe? Does old flaky humbug need a wipey? Shall we get the hydraulic arm and the pneumatic hand and put it on pinchy pinchy? Gee, mom! The crafters keep crafting, unstirred. This crowd's an oafish stew, he ostentatiously whispers to himself hoping the non-existent waitress with the silver fringe and roller skates will empathize and manifest. She does not. Still, I find his efforts commendable, and so I try to do the heart sign with my hands, but it comes out all the wrong way up, looking like a gentleman's glance. Hey, Doc! His face spins at me, glass eye flashing huskily pink. Calling me a glance with your hands? It's a simple acorn, I retort. A gesture of encouragement. Lanky Mr. Clevertouch sparkles in a dumpy effervescence as his lips curl towards me in duck-like indignation. I'll tell you where you can plant your acorn. You can plant it in the soil of... Just then a shrill, pale whistle, like the braying of igloos, fills the air and a spotlight clanks on the face of Sharon the planet, standing on a coke float as she reads words scorched into the rubber of a ping-pong paddle. A person like a parasite must be permitted a visitor to receive, if only in order to permit their leave. And with that, one of the dark ceiling panels above the stage begins to creak before splitting from its frame and releasing 470 kilos of rocket and watercress leaves, which bury lanky Mr. Clevertouch, instantly smothering him. And then, other ceiling panels start to pop and gush salad, and the sprinklers come on, dousing the room with an orange and tarragon vinaigrette. I become drowsy, and as the room slides away in a haze of acetic acid, I can hear the crafters barking and gnashing. I'm being pulled through a maze of narrow cardboard corridors, but I don't know by who or what. 
Eventually I'm slumped out into a wide concrete crypt-like chamber where thick black rubber straps radiate sweepingly out from the fat dark trunk of an oily maypole. The supple gluey tongues search about the floor for limbs like mine. Others have been dragged here too and slumber at the base of the stump in a woozy black fog. I feel the slap of a strap and I'm coiled in. Sometime later, I'm ejected through a chute onto the riverbank. Face down in the silt and shingle, I hear footsteps crunching slowly towards me. I raise my head and see someone in a full-body banana costume towering above me, eclipsing the midday sun. Banana has one N, he says. It has two Ns, I reply, spitting sand from my mouth. Yes, it has two Ns and two A's. But it has three A's. Yes, there are three also, one could say. And the B is always at the beginning. And the E, always at the end. There's no E, I say. Madness, he says, and walks into the river.